from spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come blinders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Nika. Welcome to the creepy side of NEPA. I am Dan Kozlowski. I'd like to take this time to thank all of our listeners and also welcome any new listeners to the creepy side of NEPA. If you happen to be new to this podcast, make sure you subscribe or follow depending on the podcast platform that you use. If you like what we're doing, let us know, rate the podcast, and also give us a review. I touched briefly on this last episode. The creepy side of NEPA has two new features available. It started October 1st. The first is the Creepy Side of NEPA Sightings Map. The Creepy Side of NEPA Sightings Map is an interactive map available to you at WNEP.com forward slash Creepy Side of NEPA. There you'll find a list of a majority of the locations we spoke about on prior episodes. Each location will also refer you back to the episode that we spoke about the location, giving you a little bit of the backstory and also an opportunity for you to explore the Creepy Side of NEPA for yourself. Another feature available that started October 1st and runs through Halloween is our Creepy Side of NEPA Halloween Quiz, available at WNEP.com forward slash contests. This is a great opportunity for you to test your knowledge of the Creepy Side of NEPA and also Halloween, and win some great prizes along the way. You could find the Creepy Side of NEPA Halloween Quiz at WNEP.com forward slash contests. Also, we have a link to both features at our Facebook page, WNEP's Creepy Side of NEPA. Joining us on tonight's show is Lou Bernard. Lou is a paranormal investigator out in Clinton County. He is joining us tonight to talk a little bit about a ghost walk he put together in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, as a fundraiser for the Ross Library. Lou has some pretty interesting stories that are stops along his ghost tour. Lou, welcome to the Creepy Side of NEPA. Well, thank you for having me. So, Lou... What exactly are you guys planning out in Lock Haven? Well, uh, we do all sorts of programs throughout the year, but this one is a huge hit all the time. We do ghost walks starting at the library and going kind of downtown through Main Street, Church Street, Water Street. I point to a lot of the old historic buildings and talk about various ghosts and haunted stories that have happened there. Okay, and that is one thing I did notice talking with various ghost walks and stuff. Ghosts and history sort of go hand in hand, that's for sure. Well, they're both about dead people. Yep. So it really does. It all ties together. What are some of the stops on your tour? Some stories behind it? Well, uh, we start at the library, which is itself uh, said to be haunted. Um, The woman who gave us the library, Annie Hallenbeck Ross, passed away at age 60 of a misdiagnosed appendicitis. Okay. Um, So things happen at the library. Not a lot, but occasionally things move around, doors open and close on their own. Uh, there's a toilet up on the third floor that flushes itself. Very interesting. So we think, yeah, I've, I've heard that one happen myself. <laughs> um, we think that might be Annie checking in. Um, moving further downtown, we have a building that is said to be haunted. It was built by a man who was friends with the captain of the Titanic. Um, so, I mean, if, you know, if the Titanic didn't cause a haunting, sure, you know, what would? Um there are a couple of different spots where there were cemeteries that were built on top of them. Um, so I'll point those out. And, you know, a variety of uh, different ghosts and monsters and legends. It actually includes um, 
an appearance from our Clinton County official monster, the Jawoggle, a sort of hybrid werewolf creature that was said to roam the county in the 1800s. Do you have the story behind that? It's quite personally. I never heard of that one. Most people have not. But uh, yes, they were conjured up by witches. Clinton County was a hotbed of superstition during the late 1800s, especially up in the northern part of the county. It was largely settled by uh, refugees on the Underground Railroad, and they came with their own set of myths and legends. The Jawoggle was a um, werewolf-like creature with the hands of a bird and the feet of a horse to confuse trackers. Sounds like um, it looks it, very, very weird. <laughs> yes, definitely. Weird is the word. Um, the Jawoggle made an appearance on top of a building in Lock Haven in 1909. A guy walking to work at night said he saw one running around up there. I will be pointing out that specific building and telling the story. Now, is that something that's sort of focused on the Lock Haven area, that Jawoggle? Uh, the Jawoggle was... Partly Lock Haven, but more commonly seen up toward uh, Cading Township in the north part of the county. Okay, but it's still something more of that county? Yes, yes. Okay. Very specific to Clinton County. Yes. Because like I said, that is one that I never heard of. It sort of just sparked my atten- my uh, interest right there. <laughs> there. It's a neat story. It's a neat story. Um, supposedly, if you lived in Clinton County in the 1800s and you had gotten on the wrong side of a witch she would kind of conjure or maybe summon one of these things and have it attack and harass your farm. Very interesting. Interesting story. Oh, yeah. That was, it's, it's neat. Neat story on that. So uh, there was said to be kind of a hero figure, too, a man named Loop Hill Ike, who was sort of a supernatural bounty hunter. And if you were having joggle problems, you would go to Loop Hill Ike, and he would take care of it for you. Hmm. Like I said, yeah, never heard of this, and you just sparked my attention. <laughs> Well, yeah, glad you like that one. <laughs> it's a big local favorite. It's a neat story. What are some other stories behind your walk or some other stops? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Great Island Cemetery, which was a cemetery from the 1700s that was said to be haunted back then. And then they um, removed the um, gravestones. Uh, they built on top of it. Now, they did their best to move the bodies. However... They also did a real sloppy job of it. So to this day, bits and pieces turn up, up in the neighborhood. I'll be also talking about the murder of Vincent James Sesto, a local man who worked on the railroad. He was murdered along the railroad line, and it was said that his ghost showed up at his own funeral to point the finger at his killer. So I've got to stop that talks about that one. Um, Sesto is actually buried in a local cemetery. Now, this all, by the way, this is not just, oh, I heard it from a friend of a friend. I take great pride in being able to prove the things I say about this. I can show you the newspaper articles on Sesto. I can show you old articles and things on the Jawaggle. Of course, you want to do your research before you went out. Right, exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I take a lot of pride in the accuracy of this. You know, if I say something, I can direct you to the source material. Yep, it seems like a lot of the ghost walks and stuff in the area sort of do the same thing as you guys. You guys try to find the history behind it or where the story started and then try to take it from there and sort of do your research before you go out and tell the story. That is true. I mean, history and the paranormal are pretty much all tied together one way or another. I agree. You know, a lot of of the history, a lot of the folklore... um, is tied together with the paranormal. I mean, you hear these ghost stories, and even if it's obviously not something that's true, it reflects a lot of the mindset of the time. 
Yes, and the one good thing about our area, I seem to realize, is a lot of our buildings and stuff are still here, the historic buildings. So that seems to be something that sort of, I don't know if it like enhances the ghost experience or sort of just... Uh, it really does. Yeah, you know what it I mean? Really it sort does, of just yeah. brings out the ghost or the ghost sightings, and they seem to be more common around here than you would in like a newer area. I would have to say, yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I've I've gone and like visited people and stayed, uh, you know, in newer areas, developments, and so on, and that's just not as exciting to me. I want a place with a little background to it, a little. History. Yep, of course. How long is the ghost walk, and w- what other things do they expect on the walk? Well, each one is going to be about an hour, maybe a little over. Uh, this year, I had to make a couple of adjustments due to COVID considerations. Um, I'm starting on the 19th. And see, normally I just do like two or three tours and say, okay, everybody come and if you've got five bucks, you're in. Okay. Uh, this year, I'm starting on the 19th, and I'm going to do one every weeknight plus Saturday nights at 7. And Friday and Saturday nights, uh, I'm going to do one, a special tour at 11 p.m. It's still five bucks, but you have to call ahead and pre-book it, um, you know, pre-reserve. Uh, that way, I know I don't go over the ten people I'm allotted. You know, I'm not allowed to gather huge groups together, but I can do a lot of little groups. Of course, yeah. I think we all have you know? restrictions during this pandemic right now. I know for a little while I wasn't oh, even exactly. sure about the podcast. A lot of times we had guests coming into the studio, but then we found a way to do them over the phone just like this and sort of continued our podcast. Well, I'm glad you did. That's good. That's good. Um, so, you know, people can uh, pre-book the thing by calling me at uh, 570-748-3321 or emailing at ross13 at rosslibrary.org, R-O-S-S-1-3 at rosslibrary.org. Like I said, each one takes, it starts at the library, takes roughly an hour, and it's, it's going to be a good time. I've got all sorts of interesting stuff. I've got the ghosts, the cemeteries, the Jersey Devil will make a little appearance there. Um, a lot of people know about the Jersey Devil, sort of the official state monster of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't know was he visited this area um, in 1909. There was this big Jersey Devil panic, and it spread, believe it or not, out as far as here. The Jersey Devil was sighted in Williamsport, in Lock Haven couple of places and there's one house where a man woke up and said that he'd seen the jersey devil on his roof wow that is interesting people oh yeah it's a neat one you know because i always hear Um, the jersey devil in jersey but you never hear of it in pennsylvania much mostly the jersey devil sticks to jersey right however you know every now and again he seems to make a little side trip to pa maybe he came on vacation (laughs) see that'd be awesome actually (laughs) um next time it happens he can stay in my place um (laughs) But, yeah, I will be uh, showing people that building that the Jersey Devil supposedly landed on, telling the story of how it happened. And, again, this is straight out of the 1909 newspapers at the time. Of course, yeah. Once again, you have that story to fall back on. You have that proof, if you would say. Exactly. Exactly. I can't prove the Jersey Devil necessarily came here, but what I can prove is it was reported that it happened. Or at least somebody at that time saw something strange they right. couldn't somebody explain. Somebody saw something strange. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And if you had so, to pick, one, what is one of your favorite stories in the Lock Haven area? Oof. That might be like a 50-way tie. <laughs> um, I, I, the Vincent James Sesto is a big one, and I mentioned him earlier. Uh, the man who appeared at his own funeral to point the finger at his killer. However, I will say, I, I'll, let, me, let me give you a different one since you were kind enough to sure. give you that option. Yep. Um, 
there was a folklorist from this area, Henry Wharton Shoemaker. Okay. Shoemaker was responsible for a lot of this stuff. He wrote down a lot of stories that he gathered from, you know, various men who were living in the lumber camps, descendants of the Native American tribes, and so on. Um, and he wrote these down for future use. So I will be pointing at some of the sites of those stories or making connections somehow. Um, my personal big favorite is a story of an old Native American curse. And I'll be connecting on that one a little bit, too. There was a Native American prince back... This is said to have happened during the 1600s. He fell in love with a girl who kind of tossed him to the side. You know, she wasn't interested, so he had a statue carved of her. But there was a curse on the statue, and eventually it killed him. He's said to be buried in Clinton County. So I'll be touching upon that as well. So the curse that was written on the statue was ended up killing him himself? Uh, yeah, well, sort of. What happened was the curse kicked in, and it was sort of a generalized curse. Crops dying, fires, floods, lightning storms, and so on. And he died as a result of it. Okay. So he actually died in a valiant attempt to save his family. I'm sort of skimming over a lot of the details here, because if I told it exactly the way Shoemaker did in his story, we'd be here all night. Yeah, of course. So it seems like Lockhaven does have its share of creepy history, creepy facts, little ghost stories, little something going on there in that town. It definitely does. I mean, there's a lot of neat, a lot of neat stories, and I'll even be touching a little bit on some of the reason for that. You know, the Native Americans believed this entire valley was haunted. They actually had a name for it, Otsinoxen, which was said to translate to Demon's Den. Uh, the city of Lockhaven itself was built on top of at least four Native American burial grounds. So, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons that this is one big haunted place, and I look forward to telling people about it. Yeah, it seems like there's definitely reasons behind those stories. There really is. There really is. You dig deep enough. And you'll find something neat. Now, are you a ghost investigator also, you mentioned? Yes, I am. Uh, I am an investigator with a group called the Lockhaven Paranormal Seekers. do free investigations in Clinton County and surrounding areas. Uh, if it's Basically, if it's drivable for us, we will go and investigate your place. We can be contacted on Facebook, by email. You know, and we use essentially scientific methods to try to find the truth about the paranormal. If you get us in, and again, it's free. Uh, we're happy if you want to cook us dinner, but it's not mandatory. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, we don't charge for investigations. We do this just to find what we can find. So if you get us in, I will do the historic research on your house and provide you with a little report about when it was built and who owned it and who died there over the years, all part of the service. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do an interview over the phone, and then we'll send one or two of our members to do an in-person interview. And then after that we will plan when to come for the investigation. We will set up infrared cameras, digital recorders, you know, take photos, we measure temperature, measure electricity, and do all sorts of different tests to see if we can find anything that's out of the ordinary. Matter of fact, I'm going to, for some of these tours, I'm going to have one of our recorders on me with a little bit of evidence, ghostly voices that we have picked up in the past. That's what I was going to ask you next. I was going to say, is any of your investigations featured in the ghost tours? Uh, yes, actually. Yes, I will be pointing out, let's see, there's at least two buildings that we have personally gone in and investigated, and 
and I like to do this. I have a recording. It's from an EVP session, Electronic Voice Phenomena, where we let the recorders run, we ask questions, and we see if we get anything answering, any, you know, additional voices that pop up on the tape. Mm-hmm. And we have one that's very interesting that's a very uh, weird, whispery voice that you can hear that uh, in response to a statement that somebody made. I like to play that one for crowds. That is a lot of fun. You can see people's faces the second the whispery voice comes up. Yeah, I know some of the recordings, at least for myself, as soon as you hear a few of those recordings, they give you goosebumps. Yes. Now, they're not all that great. Uh, We do have a few that are kind of, well, yeah, it could sort of sound like something. Right. Um, You know, could be a ghost, could be the dog, who knows. But I've got a couple that are very clear and fascinating. Very interesting. And like you said, let's just hit it one more time. And when your ghost walk would be happening, I know you touched on it before, but just in case someone was interested, when would it be happening? 19th, I think you said it started? We're starting the 19th of October uh, at 7 p.m. People can call and pre-book. I will be running clear till the 30th of October, 7 p.m. each night. Uh, And then Fridays and Saturdays, I will have a special 11 p.m. late night tour that should wrap up about midnight, because that's good and spooky. Yeah, you're right there at that midnight, that bewitching hour, people say. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Each one is going to be $5 a person. Uh, I do need, you know, to be pre-booked. Um, again, because, you know, COVID, I can't risk having, like, 50 people show up for one night. Of course. But it's going to be a really good time. So, you know, people can call me at the library at 570-748-3321 or email me, ross13 at rosslibrary.org. If you're interested and you didn't quite catch all that, hey, check out our webpage at rosslibrary.org, and it's got all the details on our calendar. Okay, that sounds perfect. That way, if anyone is interested in going out to the Lock Haven Ghost Walk, that would be the best way for you to contact them. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Um, I've got some people coming already. They're starting to fill up, but I still have plenty of spaces available. Sounds good. I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. And also, we might have you back to talk about some more of your ghost uh, investigations. I'd love to. I'd love to. You know where to reach me. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening to The Creepy Side of NEPA. As always, remember, if you have a creepy story that happened to you in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, let us know. Send us an email. Our email address is ghost at wnep.com. Or you could also contact us through our Facebook page, WNEP's Creepy Side of NEPA. That is all for this week. Until next week, enjoy the creepy side of NEPA. This has been the creepy side of NEPA. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at WNEP.com for your chance to share it on an upcoming episode. We're dying to hear from you.